to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Feed You podcast. I'm Elisa Connor, and I am your host. If this is your first time here, thank you so much for joining me. And if you are a regular listener, thank you as well. I appreciate you being here, and it is so great to hear from you all when an episode resonates with you. So feel free to reach out to me either via Instagram. I'm at Elisa M. Connor over there. Or um, you can always leave a comment on the um, show notes page, which you can find at elisaconnor.com. Today, I wanted to talk to you all about email service providers. Now, you may be like, oh, that doesn't sound very exciting, Elisa. But when the results come in from all the different studies about what the best marketing strategy is for your business, it always comes down to email. The latest stat that I could find was actually from HubSpot, and it was in 2016. And the um, return on investment for email marketing is $44 for every dollar spent. And that is higher than any other advertising platform or um, mechanism out there. So it's really vital, and I'm sure you've heard it, to grow your email list. Well, if you're a newbie entrepreneur and you haven't had to set any of that up, you may not know who to choose or what to choose or how to choose. And so I thought it was really important that we make a, that I make an episode that talks about, you know, what the options are and what you really need to be looking for depending on where your business is. Um, I talk to entrepreneurs all the time who are like, yeah, I just use MailChimp because it's free. And if it's working for you, great, but it may not be the best resource for what you need or where you want to go with your business. So I wanted to give you some alternatives and I really wanted to give you some information about how to choose what's best for you so that you're making your email service provider work for you and it's giving you the information that you need to make sure that you're scaling your business and growing your list. So first, let me talk about email service provider. That is very different than a typical email account. It's not a Gmail or an Outlook. It's actually a service provider that will help you with things like automation and doing broadcast email to your list um, and and things like that. So that's what we're talking about today is the the actual email service provider that helps you manage that so that a lot of it can be automated and you're not having to get in there and email somebody every time they sign up for your opt-in because holy cow, who has time for that? And um, so let's talk about some reasons that you would want an email service provider. Number one, I just talked about it. It's going to save you time. It's also going to save you some frustration. If you have an email service service provider that is easy to use, that makes their process really simple, that helps you set things up really quickly, you're going to be like, oh, why didn't, why, where have you been all my life? And last but not least, this is probably the most important reason to use a good email service provider. And it's one of the um, reasons I'm going to talk about in a little bit, but you need to be tracking what you're doing and making sure that it's working. I know so many people that put, you know, opt-ins out there and they're like, yeah, I have one on my website. And I'm like, how many customers have you got? Uh, Or conversions on that. And they're like, oh, none. Nobody's even downloaded it. I'm like, um, that's not working. You probably need to revisit that. So you're wanting to, to measure everything you do. And I don't care if it's going to a networking group 
or if it's going um, to do Facebook ads or whatever it is, if you have clients coming in and you can't track where that client came from, you have a problem. You have a hole in your business and you need to patch that hole. So let's get into specifically email service providers and some of the things that you can do with, with your email service provider. Number one, you can nurture your list. Like this is probably the most important thing that you can do with the people that you bring onto your list. I know so many people and I'm, I'm raising my hand. I'm one of those people um, that have been guilty of this in the past, but they will put people on their list in one way or another, and then they ignore them for six months, nine months, three months, whatever. And then they immediately hop on that list when they have a new product and they go and sell to them. That is the number one way to get people to unsubscribe from your list. We've got to nurture them. We've got to create that conversation. We've got to nurture that relationship. And relationships, relationship marketing is not new. I think we sort of got away from it with all of the influx of social media. But even you'll see there that the nurturing of relationships is really what is getting people traction. And the give first um, mentality, if you're familiar at all with um, B&I, it's the give first mentality. And it's always been there. And we just sort of overlooked it. Well, I shouldn't say we. Some people have overlooked that relationship-based marketing, and it's now coming back to bite them in the butt. So if you're looking for a quick fix for your, with your marketing or with your email marketing or with your social media, it is not going to happen. It's going to take work. It's going to take you putting you know, your best foot forward and giving first, and then the relationships will start to build and the money will follow. That being said, I wanted to give you some really specific things to look for when you're looking at email service providers. And then I'm going to give you recommendations for my top three and why I chose those three. Um, so the first thing that you should probably take a look at is your budget. If you have zero budget to spend on an email service provider right now, you're just getting started, you don't have a very big list, there are options for you out there for free accounts. They are not going to have a lot of the other features that we talk about, um, that I talk about on this episode, and they're probably not going to um, be a good solution for you long term. However, it's a great way to get started, and I will give you a caveat to choosing one of those people uh, or one of those companies um, towards the end of my list here. So stick with me. Um, so number one, templates. Now there's some controversy over whether a templated email gets opened more often than a non-templated slash text email. Uh, I read stats that both for both sides. So there really is no clear winner. Um, I do know though that the templated emails and when I'm talking about templated, you're looking at something like MailChimp where they have a template created. It's beautiful. It has colors. Um, yada, yada, yada. And there is some research out there that shows that those templated emails actually will go to spam more often than the non-templated. So be aware of that and just make sure that you have a policy in place with your new subscribers to let them know how to add your email to their non-spam um, list. And that's really simple if you, um, you just, it's a really simple process. You just have them add you, your email that you're sending from as a contact. And then um, many other email ser service providers will let you mark it as not spam, never use this as spam. 
Um, so you'll have to figure out how you want to handle that for your business. But it's a good idea to just remind them to take a look for it. And if it did end up in the spam filter to make sure that they add you to your to their non spam list. Um, so templates, you know, you can create your own template, you can utilize um, templates that are pre-made and oftentimes I know with like constant contact you can actually upload a template that somebody's created for you. I don't I mean as far as branding it's great to have some of those templated pieces. I feel like since I've moved to a more text-based with just a few images or maybe a, a video link in my emails that I've actually had a, a higher open rate. So it's just something you're gonna have to test and it's um, it's going to really depend on who your audience is and what their preferences are. So just play with it and we'll, we'll talk a little bit. I'll talk a little bit more about um, some other things that you can measure as well to, to determine, you know, which is the best service provider for you. The next key item that I really want you to look at when you're shopping for an email service provider is tracking. And this is really important. There is, um, really there's no point in sending email out there if no one's opening it or clicking on the link and if you have no way to track that again i'm a huge proponent of tracking everything you do if there's no way to track it then there's no way to know whether or not it's working and if you're spending a ton of time doing email or creating email campaigns or creating social media then to put out in an email campaign and you're not tracking it you have a disconnect and you need to fix that disconnect because time is money my friend um, so what does that look like? I mean, analytics can be so in de so detailed that it, they can be a little bit overwhelming. And when you're first getting started, the metrics you really need to look at is one, how many people are opening your email? And those are, those are, um, displayed as open rates. And then also, you know, if you have a link in there and I highly recommend you put one link because if you have a multiple links, all you're doing is confusing your audience. You don't know, they don't know what to do. They don't know which link to click on. And I see so many emails that come across my desk that are like, click here if you want this, click here if you want that, click here. And I bet nobody clicks on any of those. Um, so give them one call to action per email, choose what link it is, and then monitor whether or not people are clicking on that link. If you, and you might only have a couple people click on it, but you know what, it's working. If they're, if they're opting in, they're clicking on that link, they're liking what you do. So rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And it's okay to have the same call to action um, in multiple emails. That's perfectly okay. In fact, it's recommended because you can tweak it, you can test it and you can see, you know, okay, when I did this, it worked better. When I did that, no, nah, not so good. So there's a lot of testing that goes on in any type of marketing you're doing. And I, I don't think there's a lot of people that tell you that. Um, it just looks really easy when people put it out there and the reality is behind the scenes, there's a lot of testing and tweaking and repeating. So just be aware of that and then know what you can track. One of my favorite um, options that you can, that you can do with your um, tracking and analytics is to segment the people that click on a specific link. So let's say I send out an email this week. I'll, I'll send out an email to my list this week with this podcast episode. And I have a link in there for a free download. I don't have a free download this week, but if you know, there've been many episodes in the past where I've had a free download, 
I know that then I can segment the people that click on that link into a specific um, area of interest. And so what that does is it gives you more knowledge about your audience. And that's really important because then you can customize what you send to those people in the future. And you're creating, again, that relationship. You're nurturing that relationship. You don't want to send them an email about, say, taxes if they're not interested in knowing about taxes. But if they click on a link and they are excited to know more about how to do their own bookkeeping, then you're going to want to send them all kinds of information about bookkeeping. And so segmenting your list that way and creating different arenas for your viewers, listeners, and audience um, will help you to nurture that with your products and services. So I hope that makes sense. The next thing I want you to take a look at is, um, and one other thing I want to talk, before I move forward, one other thing I want to talk to you about um, regarding analytics and tracking is that that is going to adjust and change and um, evolve as your business changes. You're going to want to be more um, in depth with your tracking and analytics and doing some more um, complicated anal analysis of those things as your business grows. And you may even bring somebody in that that's their specialty. But just tracking those those first couple of metrics, you know, are they getting opened? Are, are people... Um, even receiving it, you know, how many unsubscribes do you have or how many, um, I'm trying to think of the term, um, the bounces do you have, like that they're not even getting to those people and how many clicks, like those are the three metrics that if you just look at those, you're going to have a pretty good idea of what's going on with your email and what's going on with um, open rate. Now, um, another thing item that I usually talk to my clients about is you actually have the option in most email service providers, I think everybody's doing this now, um, to do what's called A-B testing. And this is kind of fun to play with once you get going with your email. And what it does, what A-B testing is, is that it enables you to set up two different subject lines for your email. And the subject line is really the most critical piece of your email. And I say that because if you don't have a good subject line, people aren't going to open it. And if you can't get them to open it, you can't even get to the juicy part of your email. So with the option of A-B testing is you can send 20% of your list, um, option A, that headline, and another 20% of your list, option B, and whichever one is the winner within the time that you set, so usually it's like three or four hours, will get the other, the other 60% will then get um, the winning email subject line. So it's kind of cool because you can play with it without um, sending your entire list an email and then sending them another email. So it's really kind of a cool um, option for you to just play with that A-B testing. And you can set, most providers, they let you set the percentage. I think 2020 is pretty good. If you don't have a very big list, you might want to do 10 and 10 and then send the winner, um, the winning email subject line to the other 80%, but just play with that. And some of the options that I'll give you at the end of the episode, um, all three of those give you the option for A-B testing. So last but not, well, this is not last. Um, another area of concern is that you need to make sure that your emails are mobile responsive. Most email providers out there now have this as it's not even an option. It's just everything is mobile responsive. 
because last statistic that I found was over 50% of our email is being opened on a mobile device, usually a phone. And that came from campaign monitor in 18. So in 2018. So that being said, you have got to make sure that your emails are able to be read on a, on a, on a phone or a mobile device. Now, how many times have you gotten an email and it's way too big for the screen or you can't click on the buttons or the links aren't working or whatever? That means it's not mobile responsive and your website as well as your email needs to be mobile responsive or people are just going to put it in the garbage. So just make sure that that mobile responsiveness is a feature available with which whichever email service provider that you're using, regardless of what... Um, your numbers may be now, I mean, your numbers may show 60% or 75% of your users are opening your emails on desktop and 25% on um, their phone, but you never know if that will change. The more mobile we become as a society, the more pertinent it is going to be for you to be able to service those people on whatever device they pull your information up on, whether that's your website, your email, social media pretty much has it handled. So you don't need to look at that, but any of your online presence needs to be mobile responsive. So make sure that you're looking at that. I, I don't know a whole lot of email service providers out there that don't offer that, but I have gotten some emails in the recent past that don't, that, that have not been optimized. So just be aware of that. Make sure that it's something that they offer and that it is um, easy to implement. You don't want to have to create one email for desktop and one email for mobile. That is a huge pain in the patoot. So you want to make sure that it's pretty much just taken care of seamlessly on the back end by your email service provider. So let's talk about um, personalizing the relationship. There, We talked a little bit about this when we were talking about A-B testing, but it's really important for you to start segmenting your list um, and I prefer segmentation versus tags. I think when you segment it, you have a really clear um, identification factor for the people on that list. Tagging works similarly, but sometimes you can't send um, specific emails to tags. You have to have them segmented into a list, which means then you have to go in and create a list and move all those people over. So it's really going to depend on the way that your email service provider has that set up on their system. So be aware of that before you start segmenting, but you really wanna make sure that you're doing that right up front. You wanna make sure that you're putting people into categories for information they want to receive because that's gonna help you personalize their experience with you. So I have some very specific areas in my business um, that you know people may not be interested in creating a brand. They may already have a brand, but they're very interested in, in knowing about sales funnels. And so I will tag them in the sales funnel segment and um, not put them in the branding information. So know your business, know what areas you um, serve from in your business, and just make sure you're creating segments for those so that you have some insight into your audience and what their preferences are. Now, this is a biggie. I just had this um, happen recently, and I'm sure everyone out there has had the same experience um, where I received an email from somebody that I had not literally had not heard from them in nine to 10 months. And then I got an email from them. They're like, Hey, I want to tell you all about my new program, please. For the love of all things, holy, do not do this because it went from no relationship, 
no contact, no, um, I had no idea what was going on with their business. And then immediately they're trying to sell me into their new program. That just feels very slimy and it feels very used car sales. So it is really essential that you consistently nurture your email list, even if it's just once a month. And I have, um, I actually just looked at a survey right before I, uh, as I was prepping for this episode and most people in that survey preferred to be contacted at least once a month. And most people, it was at least once a week. So just be aware of that. The more often, now I, I don't know, some of these people get a little carried away with their everyday emails. Um, there are very few emails that I stay subscribed to that are an everyday occurrence. I can tell you off the top of my head, one is Darren Hardy. And it's because he provides a quick five to seven minute um, video that will that gets my day started. And then the other one is I subscribe to um, messages from the universe from Tut. And they're just like quick little, it's like maybe a five sentence email. And it's just a quick little message to start your day off in a positive way. Everything else that comes daily, the only other one I can think of is I get the skim. And the skim is, um, if you don't know about the skim, it's really cool. It's um, a synopsis of everything that's going on in the news. So you don't have to watch the news ever again again, and waste your brain power, unless maybe you want to see the weather. But it basically synopsizes everything that happened in the last 24 hours in the news, all the highlights of what's important so you can stay informed and not be overwhelmed with the sensationalism of the news. Um, it comes out Monday through Friday. So that those are probably my three. Other than that, if you're emailing me every day and I don't have a invested relationship with you, I'm likely going to unsubscribe. So just be aware of that. Now, it's a little bit different if you're launching a product and they've shown interest in that product or service and you're in a launch period, then, you know, it's okay to send them some reminder emails. Maybe you have a webinar coming up and you're sending some emails to remind them to show up. That's a little different, but don't email your list every day if you don't have something of value or a specific reason to. But it is important to stay consistent because you don't want to be like, you know, Joe Schmo sends out an email once every nine months and then tries to sell you something because it just feels yucky. And nobody likes that. I know you don't like it and I know I don't like it. Um, and not only that, but those unsubscribes, I mean, I do want to, I do want to say something about unsubscribes. So when we're looking at our sales funnel, sometimes we get wigged out when people unsubscribe to our email. In reality, we should actually be embracing that and going, cool, that's okay. It's all right if they unsubscribe because that means your, your funnel is getting smaller and you're filtering down to the people that really do want to hear from you. And to the people that are interested in doing business with you, if everyone stayed on your list, there would be no funneling. There would be no um, way to funnel down to the people that really are interested in what you do. So don't be afraid of unsubscribes. People change, their businesses change, their needs change, and it's okay if people unsubscribe. Um, If you have a ton of them, you might want to just take a look at what you're doing to make sure that you're not turning off everyone. But really, it's okay to embrace the unsubscribe. So this was an interesting statistic, and this is from Resora. 72% of consumers say they prefer to receive content via email. Even in the world where we are so inundated with information, 
72% of us would rather get information in our email. And I found that really interesting because I think a lot of us are like, oh, I just delete, delete, delete. But if you have those certain emails, and I just told you about three that I open every single day that are adding value and are pertinent to your life and um, offer some sort of gift to you every day, people are going to open them. And so think about that when you're um, creating your content. You don't want to just put nonsense out there. You really want to be a give, um, a forward giver and share your knowledge and your experience and what you have going on with your audience because they need to hear it. Just know that email is really important. I think there was a lot of time that went on with social media and I still see it out there where people are building their platforms on a social media platform and they don't have a website. They don't have a way to capture email. And I'm like, please don't do that because you don't own any of that. Whereas you will own your email list and you own your website. So take ownership of your list and take ownership of the people that you're trying to connect with and just stay connected with them. So we talked a little bit about segmenting and tagging. So just make sure that that if that's something that you want, that it's easy for you to use and it's easy for you to set up and that you understand how the system works. So when you're shopping for that um, email provider, just make sure that everything you are wanting in your um, service provider is available and that it's easy for you to understand and implement. So let's talk a little bit about automation. We had talked, I just barely touched on it when I said, you know, when somebody opts into your form on your website or wherever you have that form created, maybe you have a specific landing page through like lead pages. Um, you need to make sure that somehow that person is receiving all of the emails that they need um, to get started and get added to your email campaign um, or your email list. And so most businesses at this point um, that are doing email marketing have some sort of automation in place. And so what that means is, uh, for those of you that don't know, is that when that form is filled out, it is automatically triggered or connected to your email service provider where you have set up a email automation. Now, email automation can be one email, it can be five emails, and they can be um, spread out by time. And you can you can set all of that. You can decide, okay, the first email they're going to get immediately, the second email they're going to get um, two hours later, and then maybe the third email they get a week later. I don't however you want to do it. But that's how you create that nurturing sequence. And so um, you need to make sure that whichever provider you're choosing offers that. And some are better than others. I wish I could tell you um, a nice way to put it, but some just are not good at this. They're really horrible. Some are um, uh, improving and some have been good at it from the beginning. And so however that looks for you, it's critical that you have this as a option in your email service provider. Um, most of them have it right now because it's become industry standard, but just be aware that not every automation process is easy and it's not easy to set up. And if it's complicated, it's going to be frustrating to you and you're just going to, you're just going to want to give up. So let's not do that. Um, you also want to make sure with that automation that you have the ability to not only connect your website or your landing page to your email, but also um, whatever software you're using for that opt-in, that you have a way to pull that information out of the opt-in and store it somewhere. So a lot of people will use their email service provider as their CRM. 
And it's all going to depend on how much information you want to collect. If you're just collecting names and emails, it's perfectly okay to use your email service provider as a CRM. If you need to add additional facts or triggers, like if you're in a, a sales business and you're wanting to add triggers to reach out to that person and make a phone call or um, reach out to them on their birthday or things like that, you're, want, you're going to want to use a regular CRM. But alas, it is very easy in most instances to connect um, your email service provider to a CRM. And many of them actually offer their own CRM service. So when you're out shopping, it's just one more thing to look at. And I mention this because you may not be ready for that yet, but as your company grows and as you evolve and as you um, add things to the mix, like an example is, is that when I work with my consulting clients, I always collect a name an address, a phone number, all those things, because I like to send them presents in the mail. And so I have a lot of information on them, but that's not something that I would typically collect from just an opt-in. Most people are not going to give you all of that information on a simple download. And so you've got to be able to connect, you know, one A to B, because if you don't, then you're repeating, you know, all of the information you have in your email service provider, you're having to go in and manually put that into your CRM. Now, one of my favorite tools that you all may or may not know about is um, Zapier. And Zapier enables you to connect those two things so that they can talk to each other and you don't have to do um, the manual input of that email service provider into a CRM. So just be aware that the technology is there. And those are just some things to look for. Like, does it connect with Zapier? Can you connect it to a CRM? And um, I'm not going to go in, into CRMs too much because that's another episode, but just be aware of that. And then, of course, um, what is your budget? Now, when I say that there are free options out there, MailChimp is the one that comes to mind. It's free to a certain point. So as your email list grows, you are going to have to invest at some point. When you're making that decision and of whether to invest immediately or to grow your list and then invest, I just want you to be aware of how easy it is to transition to a new provider. Because if you are in a position where you are with, say, a MailChimp and you decide you want some functionality that's offered by, say, Active Campaign, you need to make sure that you can pull all of your MailChimp information and move it over seamlessly. Because if not, you're going to give yourself a big headache and you're either going to have to figure it out on your own or hire someone or get somebody on their support staff to help you. And if you have a free account, there is really no support staff. It's just a knowledge base. So that's something else I want to mention, but we're going to get to that in just a minute. So just be aware of the features that are included with the paid versus free. I always recommend because it's such a piece, a huge piece of your business that you think about investing upfront, but just do some research, see which provider is going to be best for you long-term because where you are now is not going to be the same as where you are in six months. And just be aware of what that looks like. Be aware of where you are now, where you want to go. And if you have it in your budget, even if it's a little bit, and most of these are not that expensive. Um, if you have it in your budget to invest at some level. Now, MailChimp, even though they have a free option, um, I alluded to this, they do not have customer service people that you can email or talk or um, message with at the free level. 
They have that at some of their paid levels, but you have a knowledge base you can go to, which means you're hunting and pecking for information. If you don't have time for that or you need some additional support, MailChimp may not be the best option for you. Typically, the free options are not going to come with support. So just be aware of that. Be aware that you're going to be pretty much on your own trying to figure this out and set it up. If you're really good at that, you're really good at just figuring out the tech, by all means, you should be okay with a free campaign. But also be aware that as your list grows, usually the um, limiter is 1,000. If, if you get 1,001 people, you're going to be paying regardless. So be aware of that as you grow your list. And then the other piece is that um, they will limit the number of features that, that are available to you. So you may have a whole list of features, and um, some of those features may not be available depending on which price point you invest at. So just take a really good look at those features. If you don't know what they are, it, you know, usually you can click on it and it will tell you what that feature is and what it will do for your email list and your email marketing. Um, but be aware because some of the features that you're looking at now versus some of the ones that are listed, you may need those future, those um, others listed in the future. So just be aware of them. Be aware of the, what the cost difference is and what it looks like to invest at a higher level. So the, the last thing I want to talk about is I wanted to give you um, the three options that, and there are many others out there, but these are just three that I've researched fairly extensively for both myself and for clients and um, really are the front runners in the email service provider space right now. Now, the first one that this is my favorite and it's the one I use and I actually have an affiliate link that I'll link to um, in the show notes. So that if you decide you want to move over to um, ConvertKit, then I would love it if you'd click on that link. So I, I make a little bit of um, extra money from them when people click on that link. It doesn't cost you anything more. It's just um, because I'm promoting them. They pay me a little bit um, for every person that signs up. So what ConvertKit, um, what I really like about ConvertKit is their automation series is so easy. It's very visual you just know, okay, I choose this form, I want them to take this action, and then you can tag or segment or send them in a different direction if they open the email, if they don't open the email. It just makes it really easy. Um, and I'm a very visual learner, so things, tools like Trello are awesome for me because I can actually see it and I can see how it's working. Um, so that's one of my favorite things. But they make automation very easy. They make it very easy to um, copy, you know, current email sequences and utilize them in a different way. So you don't have to reinvent all of your um, information that you have in there already. And they make it easy to copy a form so that you don't have to restyle it once it's created. Um, probably the biggest downfall with ConvertKit is that they don't offer a lot of templates. Um, in fact, they offer no templates. You have to create your own or just plan on using a very simple text-based email. If that's okay with you, it's a great tool. I also love their analytics. I love that you pop in as soon as you sign in and it tells you exactly what's going on. You have this many subscribers, this many new ones, this many people have unsubscribed. Um, these are the emails that did well. This is the um, link that everybody's clicking on. So the analytics are awesome. And they enable you to track everything you do in an email. You can track um, a video link. You can track images. You can track specific links in your email. Um, it, it's just they have amazing analytics. And it's really a great tool um, to be able to grow your business with. 
So their pricing starts at $29 a month if you go month to month, and then they give you a price rank at $24 if you pay for the whole year. So that's their intro price, and I believe it goes up to, it's again, 1,000 subscribers, and then it'll go up. Um, I think the next increment after that is 2,500 or 3,000. So there is a little bit of investment there. It's not free, um, but I really like that it's visually um, appealing and easy to use for those of us that are just getting started. So that's my number one recommendation. My number two recommendation is Active Campaign, and I really like Act Active Campaign. They offer a lot of the same things that ConvertKit offers. Um, their starting price is $9 a month, but you don't get a ton of features. So just be aware, and then it goes up from there. And that's based on, I think, 500 subscribers. So as your subscribers go up, your price will go up. That's just how it works in this space. Just be aware of that. But for $9 a month, what I really like about Active Campaign is that it is really growth-centered. So at the next level, I think their next level up is $49 a month. And it includes a CRM. So if you're paying for a CRM or you're paying for a way to track your leads and um, learn more information about them, or there's some other features in there, but they offer uh, the most scalable platform, I think, for businesses. So it is what I would call um, a lot of people use Infusionsoft. Infusionsoft is very complex and it's very expensive. Active Campaign is like the stepbrother. It's easy to use and it's way less expensive. So it's a good starting point if you don't have, you know, thousands and thousands of people on your list and somebody that you can pay at, a, at Infusionsoft or that is an Infusionsoft expert to run that for you. Um, it, it, you can learn it. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying there is a huge learning curve for Infusionsoft versus some of these other platforms. So Active Campaign would be my second. And then, of course, um, my third is MailChimp. Now, I used to not be a huge fan of MailChimp, but they, they're starting to win me over. And it started when they offered automation with their free plan because it is such a critical piece of email marketing. So they have um, really upped their game and made it easy to do segmentation and to do A-B testing. And I kind of went in there and played with it a little bit before recording this episode. And I think it's a really great place to start. Um, their pricing definitely gets to be a little bit higher and they don't offer the integration um, of, an, of a compatible CRM like Active Campaign does. So there's definitely some differences in, you know, the availability of features, but for what you get to start out with, um, I really like MailChimp and the direction they're heading. But I also think that you need to be aware that, you know, if you don't really like the templated email look, that's kind of what they go with. And it does make it a little bit harder to segment and tag. I know they're working on those, but they are, um, they're a work in progress. So I would say ConvertKit is very um, customer or subscriber oriented and MailChimp is very much um, just list oriented. Like they don't necessarily have um, the segmentation down yet, but they're working on it. So you actually get up to 2000 subscribers for free. So again, an excellent option if you're just getting started. And most of these plans, I believe have at least a free trial. So I say, go try to try, go try all of them. Um, Drip is another one that I've investigated. I know they have a free trial. 
and just go see which ones you like and that meld with your learning style and the way you do business. So my final tip for this episode, and I know I've talked about this before, but I want you to be aware of the settings, regardless of which email service provider you use, because they all offer this. You need to be using double opt-in. And what that means is that you are asking permission to add that subscriber to your email list and to receive emails from you. It's really important after the implementation of GDPR in Europe, and it is starting to be implemented here at a state level, that we are asking for that permission and that we are taking care of that subscriber information. If you're not asking for that, you can really get into some serious trouble. And I'm not going to go into that too much because we did a GDPR episode. I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, But just be aware of that and make sure that you're um, activating that setting in on all of your forms. And even like with MailChimp, they send a separate email that says, please confirm your subscription. ConvertKit does too. Just make sure that you're being mindful of that and that you are asking permission to email uh, that subscriber post sending them a download. So if they have um, subscribed for a specific download and they haven't given you permission, you may send them the download, but that's all. You cannot add them to your list. So please be aware of that. And if you are going to a networking event and you're just taking a list full of cards and you're adding them to your email list, um, that is also a huge no-no. And you can really, you can get fined. It's not good. You don't want to do that. So I did a whole episode on GDPR and I will link to that again in the show notes. But that's what I've got for you. So I hope this has been a great um, episode for you to gather some information about email service providers and what to look for when you're shopping for yours. Next week, I look forward to um, connecting with you. I am going to be talking about kind of an interesting subject, how you build strength through stretching and growing. So I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I would love for you to connect with me over on Instagram. Alisa M. Connor is my Instagram handle. Send me a direct message and let me know how you're liking the show. Thanks so much and have a great day and a great week. I'll see you next week. This episode is being brought to you by my new free training how to create an irresistible opt-in that people actually want. You know you need an opt-in. Everyone's told you you need an opt-in. What they haven't told you is what to create, how to create it, and for the love of Pete, how to connect it to both your email service provider and your website. That's why I've created this free training to give you the inside scoop about how to do all of those things. You don't want to miss this free training, so take this time right now to go sign up at alisaconnor.com forward slash simple because I am going to help you create the simplest process that you can repeat again and again every time you need to create a new opt-in and a new download that attracts those people, grows your lists, and grows your business. Again, join me for the free training at alisaconnor.com forward slash simple. See you inside. www.alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast.